Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody. To another edition of the only podcast. Host Justin Smith, joined by your other co-host John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at AC Smith06 and at John underscore Kirby. As always, follow the mothership. Today is Tuesday, October 4th. And John, the big story of the weekend. I think it's the fact that you got a new microphone. I got a microphone, my first microphone. Doesn't I sound great? (laughs) You know, kinda. It also sounds a little bit choppy. <laughs> I, I kind of love that that would be the case. It's so good. It's so good. If Listen, let's be very clear. If you're listening to this show right now and you have an objection to John's mic, I think you need to take a step back. and look. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to this right now, which means you're, you're just as much to blame for this situation as we are. <laughs> Man, I'm pumped that... Like, this is weird. I'm so disconnected with this team emotionally that I'm actually enjoying my weekends again. So. <laughs> it is nice to be able to kind of, like, we, I think we've said this at least twice in the last three years, where if you're going to do it, do it early. So we can just, we can all, like, wash our hands and, you know, enjoy the season for, for what it is instead of uh, selling ourselves something, you know, that's not necessarily true. I promise you we will laugh in this episode because oh, a, lot. a lot of great content and it could be a lot worse. Like if that's where I'm at, unfortunately is <laughs> bargaining with it. It could be worse. And I look around at the nation and the thing about it is, is like for better or worse, no one outside of, you know, in the state of Michigan, no one nationally is like, man, Michigan state, what a flop, what a bust. Like very true. I mean, take that how it is. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's certainly not a top story because there are a lot of other programs um, who are really struggling too, <laughs> maybe more. So it's kind of taken the uh, spotlight away. Yeah, I mean, I would say Michigan State's not even, and we'll get to this, uh, they're not even the third, they might might be the third biggest story in the Big Ten this year. This week? Like, <laughs> it's like a wild week. <laughs> Yeah, it's bad. It's bad news all around. But let's yeah. let's let's exhume this body quickly. <laughs> must we? Yeah, we must. Unfortunately, thus this this is our cross to bear, John. Um, this is just funny to me because like um, this would be like if my if I you know we owned a morgue and we just had to do autopsies all the time or something. I was like, I just don't like doing these anymore. <laughs> yeah, I hate. <laughs> I hate this. We should we should start a new company because I hate yeah. looking back at bad things. 
Yeah. I mean, as bad as Minnesota was, somehow this one feels worse. (laughs) Let's not compare. No, I somehow, somehow this feels, this feels worse because even though it was on the road, like this was a, like, like Minnesota just ran away with it right off the bat. Right. Like that one never really felt doable. Oh, okay. after, I get what you're saying. I yeah. Okay. Whereas this, this was a, a winnable game, even late. Sure. This, this was a winnable, it's, it's not a game that should have been, shouldn't have felt so hopeless but it was and and now we've got a game where the defense completely and totally let you down you got two of those losses and now we have a game two back-to-back losses where the offense just completely just completely and totally no-showed um well let's not let's not leave the special teams out that everyone gets to be yeah. included in this <laughs> yeah it's it's really quite bad I don't know what to say anymore, man. Like this is, this is, uh, this is pretty, pretty shocking stuff. Um, but once again, I thought the defense's performance was, was, was still fairly pitiful. I mean, Tonga Vailoa throws for 314 yards and a touchdown. Antoine Littleton, uh, who I have to say I would love if he was on my team because he is a hefty boy. <laughs> uh, ran for a buck 20 and a touchdown. They kind of got picked apart through the passing game. They didn't really do like, uh, uh, they weren't that bad. I'll say that, but they, they weren't that good to me. It, the offense, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of to blame here. You, know, you didn't really have get much of anything consistently from Peyton Thorne. It felt like they had a couple of different drives in the second half where, where, you know, if they had just, been able to execute. They got the ball back with momentum and then went three and out because they're just bad, like drops. I mean, they had one in, in the second half. I remember in particular, it backed up. I think it got a fourth down stop. Another one, which of which they have, I think three at least now on the season. They got a fourth down stop. Thorne puts a ball right on Daniel Barker's hands, drop. Uh, and then he throws it. I think it was a run into the line for like two yards and then a missed throw on third down. It's just like the only thing they could have done worse on that drive would have been to take a safety, which I think if there were odds on that, most people would have hammered that being the outcome. It's just the crazy part about this team is that it just and this is a little bit nerve wracking, quite honestly, is it's not just one thing anymore. It's a lot of things. And that is bad because (laughs) shocking. It's because when that's when that's the case, it's like that's from the top down. That means there's a lack of something that's happening here. And, um, you know, I'm not ready to, you know, it's five games. I'm not ready to to you know, throw up the red flag on the Tucker era for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think it's just wildly overreacted to do that. Second of all, we've got about 10 years left of them, so there's not really a lot that we can do. So we might as well stick along for, for the rest of this ride, which I still think will be very good. But it's it's concerning that it's so um, seemingly team-wide. The issues are not very easy to isolate at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not... Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, I'm not going to say anything that anyone doesn't already know, I don't think. Yeah. I, I think one only um, thought 
is that these three games, you know, we're all separately, the three games, Washington at Washington, Minnesota at home at Maryland, they were all viewed as if you were, you know, looking at any schedule at any time would have been tricky games or tricky. And they went 0 for 3 in the trickiness. There was about an 8% chance they would have gone 0 for 3 at the beginning of the year with these three. And is that higher or lower than you would have thought? That's lower than I would have thought, probably. Okay. So it's just, it, I think, you know, it doesn't mean it wasn't like a uh, astronomical thing that t- has taken place. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't lose to Western and Akron. It's bad. It's not sky is falling bad it's oh i forgot rebuilds actually take three to four years bad Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. and instead of we're the exception to the rule again because we're michigan state and good things just kind of happen to us sometimes and we just yeah and we like it and we don't say much about it those things being like we don't recruit anyone of that mattered for like 15 years Mm -hmm. and one broke broke computers like this shouldn't have calculated, should not have won games the way they did. And, you know, fast forward to, oh, we just hired a coach kind of at the last, at the end of a cycle and he could do a rebuild in, in two years. Like that's, that's a little unrealistic to ask for back-to-back miracles. So <laughs> maybe we got ahead of ourselves and last year was fun. You know, let's not forget that 11 wins jump started some momentum that, Mm-hmm. It's just going to take a little bit more time than maybe we thought. Like you said, this doesn't mean that like Mel Tucker can't be the answer. It doesn't no. mean that it can't still all work. It's just, there's, you just, we're seeing the warts of a rebuild. I think it's also fair. Yeah. I, I think it's the absolute perfect way to put it, John. You're seeing the warts of a rebuild and a rebuild that I think it's important to remember as much as, you know, going into this season, I think we were all, hopeful that hey maybe we did stumble into that second straight miracle it's okay that it didn't happen you know it's fine everybody you know we're fine we're still having fun on saturdays it's all you know we're we're laughing coping (laughs) hard but i think it's also important to remember when mel tucker took over in the in the year he took over february of 2020 which was right before first of all it was like the day after the class closed, right? Wasn't it like the the week after signing day? So it's literally like worst. He didn't. He barely had an opportunity to put his. Actually, I don't even think he really had much of an opportunity at all to put his stamp on that very first team. So which we knew was under recruited, especially the last class. And you know, you saw what happened that first year. Tons of turnover, all that stuff going into the next year. But actually, before you even get to that, like it wasn't just the recruiting. It was like the hiring of coaches. Yeah. Yeah, Listen, everybody wants to, for good reason, get on Jay Johnson and Scotty Hazleton. Scotty Hazleton specifically is catching a lot of heat. Um, And I think it's honestly, at this point, it's it's very deserved. I think I said last week, I wouldn't, you know, start calling for heads and, you know, I don't think this loss is the one that makes you do that, but it certainly doesn't help his case. But again, it's not like Mel had his pick of the litter when it came to who can I get to be my defensive quarter. It's who can I convince to take a lateral move mm-hmm. or leave a good position and get upgraded, you know, or hire a position coach who's never, I mean, they're hiring a position coach who's never been this before. Or I'm getting somebody to take a lateral move in February 
to a situation that he knows is going to be tough. Like that's just the hand he was dealt. I think that, that, you know, especially Jay Johnson has shown enough that I don't think you need to, you know, we need to start running him out of town, but you know, is there uh, at this point looking increasingly likely world where Scotty Hazleton might not end up back in East Lansing next year? Yeah, I think so. I think it's very possible. And you've seen like, he's turned over a lot of the staff, right? Like, you know, Brandon Jordan gets a ton of credit, you know, Marco Coleman, we've seen him take over some of the DB work. I mean, it's, it, there are many other coaches that I'm not, I'm sure I'm not even thinking of these brought in since. So you, I don't think Mel for his long-term has all of the chess pieces where he wants them. So that'll be one thing. I think, honestly, as storylines go the rest of the year, it's A, can Michigan State make a bowl game? And B, can, the, you know, what does the staff look like? slash you know honestly roster look like a year from now and really quickly the guy i think i said this last week the the guys that are playing right now right like those upperclassmen those dudes that every single program no matter it can be alabama it can be anybody every program counts on juniors and seniors to perform it's just a fact you you need your most experienced guys to experience guys to perform the great great programs get those immediate impacts but especially in football, it's not like basketball. You need your upperclassmen to perform. And when your upperclassmen are the least talented group of players on your roster, they are being asked to do too much given the aspirations of your program. And I think that's where Michigan State finds itself right now, sort of across the board. So, um, you know, this is why stacking classes is important. This is why Mel Tucker is concentrating on that. And that is why I'm sure he is out there telling every single recruit that he talks to that you can come in here and play because look at what we're running out there right now. That's the one thing people are forgetting with recruiting. The most it's powerful true. thing you can tell a top five-star recruit is you can come here and play right away. And uh, you better believe he's hammering that storyline, you know, into the ground. You touched on something I think not a lot of people have talked about, or at least I haven't, I hadn't considered too much is the coordinator position. I mean, that's a huge deal. And he clearly felt confident enough in Jay Johnson and brought him over. But from a defensive coordinator standpoint, the guy that was there was, I think his name was Tyson Summers. He was let go in 2020 by Colorado, fired. Mm-hmm. So you're up. So then he knew he had the foresight to know that this wasn't the guy, first of yeah. all. <laughs> Second of all, you know, like you said, found a guy at a Power Five program who was willing to take a lateral move for maybe a little bit of a raise like and, and walking into an absolute dump storm of situation right so <laughs> i mean to your your point is like interesting because sometimes there's a thing we you don't know if you've heard of it in a work setting but would you qualify for an interview for your current job today and i don't know if scotty hazelton would like yeah today you could argue he kind of is it was a part much a part of the 11 and 2 team as anyone else but if pickings aren't slim and you had an actual entire appropriate hiring time period for a defensive coordinator and the resources to do it that michigan state is showing they want to invest in mel tucker would scotty hazelton be a candidate i don't i don't know See, I, I think so that's a great way to frame it is if you if you had your pick of the litter, which 
listen, if Michigan State wants to make either coordinator position available, I think we're you know, defensive is much, much more likely. There's going to be a lot of people lining up for that job. I mean, they will have yeah. they will have a a significant because they'll pay good money and people know they have the resources and they have dudes i mean this isn't this is still a great still a great job this is a great do not mix up what's happening now with the caliber of job that defensive coordinator for mel tucker's michigan state is that is that is a home run position there are not a lot that would get much better than that in terms of you know if you're a guy that wants to make his hay as a coordinator and become you know run his own program someday Big time team with a big time budget in a big time conference is a pretty damn good landing spot. So I think that's, you know, I almost see the writing on the wall a little bit. Again, I'm not saying they should or shouldn't or whatever, but just based on what we've seen over the last three years, Mel's not afraid to make changes. He bases what they do on results and the results kind of are speaking for themselves right now. And Again, he knows he can go out there and he has the juice no matter what happens this season to court a really, really good um, person to take over and remodel this defense. And he knows that when he does it, if he does it, that person will have plenty of bullets in the chamber to turn this thing around and make it pretty good pretty quick. Yeah. And and to clarify, when you're talking about dudes, like the classes are seemingly coming. No, you got Mm -hmm. the door, but there's one decent one already. One on the way, and then at 2024, you know, long way to go there, but clearly off to a better start than any we've seen to date. So when we're talking about dudes, like if I'm an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, you know, I'm thinking to myself, this is that's probably a better situation than my situation, right? And, you know, they did out of the hard work, the recruiting part already. Now I just got to help X's and O's this thing up. So yep, lots to think about. Um, I'm going to say one good thing about this game, and then we'll move on. Elijah Collins played well. Fact. Good job, buddy. That was nice to see. I have a concern that mm. if Elijah Collins is your best running back, then you might be a 500 team. I think we've seen literal proof of that before when he was so, the best running back and the team went, what, seven and five? That, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. So, so. that's. That's not ideal. What before we we need to move on. We need to move on. But <laughs> the the only thing I will say for this team and for Scotty Hazelton is that I think you and I drastically undersold the impact of some of these injuries. Um, Jacob Slade being out has been crippling for this defense. I think this is what happens when you you know, as a fan, you don't really maybe understand just how important one of the big uglies up front can be. But MSU's been two weeks in a row now, but three weeks in a row. Well, not really against Washington. Two weeks in a row just gotten destroyed on the ground. Yeah. And that's because they don't have him in there, you know, eating up those those blocks and letting the edge rushers do what they do. I mean, when was the last time we heard from Jacoby Winman? Yes. Probably week two. Yeah. You know, you know, it's as much as you don't you hate to say it, but like it's it's just true. It gets your job gets a lot harder as an edge rusher when you don't have anybody taking up double, you know, commanding double teams in the middle. And it's not a shot at, at you know, Daron Harmon or anything like that. It's just um you're not you've got a guy in there that needs to be accounted for and that's a difficult thing to replace. So again, t- speaks to how 
you need depth. And if you're a team that doesn't have great depth, you know, when you lose your top guys, especially Henderson and especially Slade, um, you know, things can get, things can get dicey quick. So I think we, we, you know, hand up probably, probably undersold that, but I have officially spoken too much about this game. Um, <laughs> I think it's time to move on. Should we, should we jump in or you want to take a break first? Should we take a break? Yeah, I think, I think we should take a break. Okay, great. Here we go. Three, two, one. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we're back. And John, it is time to laugh at other programs. Oh, yeah, man. This week was pretty wild as weeks go. Uh, we, let's start at the top. Let's start at the top. Because Kentucky and went to Ole Miss and lost 19 to 22. Here's why it's funny to me. I got really scared when I called Will uh, Levis the next Mitch Trubisky. And then... <laughs> And then he, then he was then somebody's like number one on their QB board, and I was like, oh boy, I'm just gonna, <laughs> this can get dicey. And then in this game, they were down three in the fourth quarter, and Kentucky had the ball for three possessions, and they fumbled on all three of them, and two were by Will Levis. So in conclusion, Kentucky is a basketball school. Yeah, they have officially morphed back into a basketball school. That's. Great win for Ole Miss. I mean, dude, you, listen, as, for whatever whatever everyone wants to say about Lane Kiffin, really, honestly, aside from the Raiders guy, just kind of wins wherever he goes. He's turned he's turned Mississippi into a legitimate team. I know. I mean, and everyone's like, I think people forget how bad Ole Miss and Mississippi State football traditionally has been forever. Like, yeah. it's not an easy job to just walk in and, like, make a top 10 team. That's tough. So yeah, <laughs> in the middle part of the SEC too. Yeah, I mean it's not easy. And Mississippi does not have a lot of resources. You know, like it's anyway. Um, let's keep moving. Uh, Alabama went to Arkansas and beat the brakes off of them, forty-nine to twenty-six. Bryce Young got hurt. It didn't matter at all. No. And I thought we were both feeling pretty good. I think Arkansas was like plus. 17 and they were yeah. coasting on that and then it just really got away from us there in the fourth quarter yeah they just kind of totally fell apart and when you talk okay so here this is a very good um reminder of what it means to have real depth ah, alabama's backup quarterback it, listen i think any program in the country outside of maybe three or four your heisman winning quarterback goes down you're on the road and it's a close game against a ranked a confident ranked in conference opponent that wants nothing more than to beat you that's a death sentence for most programs right yep not so much when you have a guy like Jalen Milrow as your backup quarterback (laughs) 
kid was a top 82 recruit composite in his class, high four star top 15 quarterback. And um, <laughs> if, if you just want to know, like, that's just kind of like who else is running out there for them. And if you want to know what he, like, if you didn't watch any of this game, just go look up his 73 yard scramble that he had on a third and 15. And like, <laughs> that's, that's depth. That's that's the difference between Alabama and everybody else. That guy is just waiting in the wings. It's it's an, an absolute insanity. I sometimes I just like telling the same Alabama stories over and over, but like the fact that they can be unquestioned when they bench their Heisman winning oh quarterback, who has already has a national championship ring to his name as a starter. And bench him at halftime and win. And it works out for a freshman that hadn't played in serious game time the whole year. <laughs> like, that's a joke. Like, and then not- that same guy transfers to Oklahoma and yeah. is incredible. I think he made the playoff with Oklahoma yeah. and now is having an incredible NFL season. And oh yeah, he just got he just got benched. He got <laughs> run out of town. <laughs> It's the cojones insane. to at yeah. halftime do that. I can't uh, like incredible stuff, Nick. You never, never yeah, uh, too amazing. Why you're the goat. Yeah, dude. Uh, our, our friends, the Washington Huskies went to a near empty Rose bowl and lost to UCLA <laughs> 40 to 32. And all of a sudden Chip Kelly heard our naysaying and um, good for it. UCLA is not bad, man. UCLA is five and zero, oh, uh, yeah. and they are they are a South Alabama botch job from being four the so most frustrating true. four and one in the entire <laughs> country. Um, let's okay. This was a great win for UCLA, and I think uh, it is important to look at the first four games on their schedule, though, and then look at their upcoming schedule. They've beaten powerhouses: Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama, and Colorado. In before this Washington game, which they played great. Dorian Thompson-Robinson played awesome. Yeah. Um, but I think the the rubber really hits the road for them here where they got they have to host Utah this weekend and then a bye week and then they go on the road to Oregon. So we'll see if this sure. is just a fun early season UCLA or, or not. But either way, uh, great win. Um, NC State did NC State things. Uh, mm-hmm. Lost on the road at Clemson. Clemson mm-hmm. looks to be playoff bound, um, winning 30 to 20. I think DJU has taken a huge step. I don't know, Austin, though. He carries so much of the load for them. I think he was leads the team in rushing attempts, too. Like, yeah. It, like, you got to be. <laughs> can this guy make it a whole season? I, I mean, he is a tank. He but, is. Um, but do you want to test yeah, no. that theory? No, I don't. That, well, here's the other thing. This is another team that I think, like, you know, because of last year, kind of has, like, weirdly fallen off people's radar. Even though yeah. they're in the top five and, you know, won 10 games last year, the offense was just so bad that people were like, oh, no, not going to think about it. There's a DJ who's incredible. Um, well, that maybe not incredible, but he's he's more than good enough to get them to the playoff. Real Shipley, their running back, uh, is awesome. And they've got other really great skill players too. And that defense is loaded. Brian Bursi didn't even play in this game. 
And that kid's going to be a top five pick, top 10 pick this, this upcoming draft. Um, but this is another thing. You talk about depth. If DJU goes down, the backup's Cade Klubnik. Cade Klubnik was a, like unanimous five-star. Now he's a true freshman, but this is another program that once upon a time went from, who was it? The, I think it was Deshaun Watson left and people were like, oh, who's going to be up next? Oh, wait, it's Trevor Lawrence. Like, that's just how stupid things are for Clemson still, too. So, and DJU, let's not forget, was like a top 10 recruit. So these guys are going to be in fine shape. But, um, yeah, I, it's a, I feel I'm, I'm happy for him that he's uh, pulled himself together because it was quite the fall from grace last year for him. Yeah, not to compare programs, but I think it took Dabo a while, too, to get I, that machine running. Amen. And, and he did it through recruiting. Yep, and a le- potentially mega churches mm. funneling money laundering. Through. Well, he's got that. We've got NFTs, so you know everybody does their own thing. <laughs> everybody has their own side hustle. Yeah. Right? Oh God. Um, Oklahoma State uh, went to Baylor, wins thirty-six to twenty-five. Watch out, Oklahoma State. It's kind of theirs to lose now, don't you think? Yeah, but the key word you just said was lose. I mean, it's Oklahoma State. I feel like this is what they do, man. After they didn't score from like the half yard line last year in oh. that championship game, I'll I'll never get over it. They they are a they have a three straight week stretch where they go at Kansas State, at Kansas, home to Iowa State. There's no way they don't lose one of those games. It's one of those three. Like they'll beat TCU and they'll beat Texas and they'll beat Oklahoma and they'll lose one of these. Just like Oh, kind of tricky up and comer, stupid teams, and they'll they'll blow it somehow. Do you? I feel like I spent my first like decade of college football fandom being lied to by ESPN that like Bedlam was truly Bedlam, and in reality, <laughs> Oklahoma just won it every year, and, <laughs> and, and like. And I kind of like is in my periphery, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, that game's usually fun. Like, oh yeah. It, it probably goes both ways. Check Oklahoma's never loses. And it's like, you're right. Oklahoma state is just cannot quite ever get out of their own way. Uh, but who knows? This could be the year, dude. If that was I the mean, year, this would have to be it. it. This has to be it. This is like, like this almost literally has to be it. Like literally the two teams above them in the big 12 standings right now are Kansas and Kansas state. Oklahoma's <laughs> 0 two in the conference. Texas is one and one like everybody, everybody, but those two teams, actually, including one of those two teams in Kansas State has at least one loss. Kansas is the only one. Kansas State's the only one loss team in the Big 12. You have three undefeateds and then everybody else has at least two losses. It's it is it's a terrible conference. And if Oklahoma doesn't win it, they should be very, very ashamed of themselves. And they deserve to stay in the Pac-12 or the Big 12, if that's the case. This is your year. Okay, I think that's 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 the gauntlet that we laid out for Oklahoma State. If you can't make the playoff this year, you are you're off the consideration table for any major conference in the future. I want to like tell them, like imagine the pressure you'd put on yourself as a fan if like I looked you in the eye and I, I'm dead serious when I say this. If you do not make the playoff this year, you will never ever make the final <laughs> four. The final four because expanding to twelve, you'll never make it to the final four ever again. There's no point in being a fan. Like this is it. Yeah. If you don't, do, and then like, and I tell you that, and 
Like, it's probably true. And now imagine watching your game every Saturday, knowing that that type of pressure is on. (laughs) That would be excruciating. I'd have to find a new hobby. There's just no way. I wouldn't be able to mentally take it. Just, like, going in, if you lose that game, like, it's all meaningless. I'd be like, I I bid you all farewell. Yeah, I'm I'm no longer a sports fan. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that's not us, though. Not yet. Wake Forest went to Florida State, won 31 to 21. The uh, ACC Atlantic has a little bit of a Big Ten East thing going on. They have like Mm -hmm. four ranked teams. And on the other side, Duke is (laughs) the top of the coastal division. So, yeah, I mean, a little different. Duke, North Carolina shaping up to be a game to, to take that division. Only problem is we're talking about football and not basketball. Um, yeah, it's so bad over there, but we're going to get to some of those other teams, fun teams in a minute. Uh, we were talking about Georgia, um, you know, maybe being the only good team. I think we got to downgrade them to could be good. Yeah, I think it's Bama. Bama's officially back up to good to number one and the only good team. Um, I don't know how this might be. Ohio State might be. Yeah, I'm not ready on Ohio State yet. I say as I stare into the buzzsaw (laughs) that approaches my face. Um, I don't really understand how this was a close game, to be totally honest with you. Like, Missouri didn't do anything especially well in this game. I guess it was really just that Georgia kind of kind of blew it and then. Then they did what you do when you're a great team and you, they just put their put themselves on the table and just took the game away at the end. Here's another thing. Yeah. If you're Missouri, you can't kick five field goals and expect to beat Georgia. It just no. doesn't work that way. Correct. It just it simply does not work that way. You got to cash in on some of those. Even if there was a 56-yard bomb included in there, you, you can't I – mean, Ain't nobody beating Georgia with five field goals. Well, it just felt like a game that Missouri was just hoping would end faster than it would because they know oh, yeah. it the inevitable was coming. We all could feel it. Um, and then Georgia Tech went to ranked pit and won 26 to 21. I don't know if you knew that Georgia Tech fired their head coach and then went to pit and won. I think they were like a 24 or 25 point dog in this one. Yep. Um I'm telling you, Georgia Tech, sleeping sleeping giant of the Maybe. ACC. Just got to get the right coach in there. But no, I, I listen, they're in Atlanta. They, they, Georgia three stars make the entire plane out of Georgia three stars. And you'll have a great <laughs> ACC team. They have no excuse, dude. I, I do not want to hear about um, like the academic thing. Don't care. Yeah, get out of my face. Get out of my <laughs> face. Michigan does it. You, you guys can do it. They don't do it, by the way. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> Michigan lies. You can too. Um, okay. You know, I got switched gears to the big 10. Yeah, let's do okay. it. So Purdue went to ranked tw- number 21, Minnesota and won 20 to 10 Austin in what would have been mm. a throwaway line in the last weeks, weeks podcast. I think one of us said, this just feels like a game Purdue would win. And Boy, howdy, did a gopher group chat get a hold of that bulletin board material. <laughs> yeah, we were... Yeah, we're Rubes, up. John. Rubes. 
That's what I was called to my face. Yeah, um, up over there. Hey, listen, like, I, I, if you're listening to this again, um, it was like Mr. Sledman or something like that. I'd have to look it up, or like, or like Gopher Boat or something stupid. <laughs> um, Sledman. Yeah, like guys, this, this is, this is why nobody cares. This is why nobody cares about you because, and nobody cares about P- Purdue. This game is meaningless. It may as well not have happened. Like, you, because you can't be taken seriously when you go in and have a great win, an objectively great win on the road at Michigan State, and then you turn around and score 10 points at home against Purdue. Not exactly a team known for its stout defensive work. Your 48-year-old quarterback throws three picks. Oh, my God. You give up 160 yards on the ground. You can't even beat fellow geriatric Aiden O'Connell, despite the fact that he throws two picks and no touchdowns. Like, just like this is you should just maybe take a step back, just go sit down in the barn for a bit and just wait for the basketball season to start. I don't know if that's going to go any better for you, but at least, you know, it'll give you something to get excited about. You always have wrestling, too. Right. Isn't that a thing? Dude, clearly they have hockey. Yeah. Hockey, yes, yes, of course. I apologize to the hockey, to the, to the avid is, Minnesota hockey listeners. So, I, you know, as I think the thing that was just most astonishing to me was that, as as everyone knows, I am a Minnesota unabashed apologist. Like I go to bat for those guys for no reason all the no. time, <laughs> and I still picked against them because I know. And guess what? They're still gonna win the Big Ten West. And you yeah. don't like again, I don't know how proud anyone should be of that, but it's like they still have a lot to play for, I guess. They play for the right to get beat down as badly as MSU will this week against Ohio State. That's what you Yeah. Pay I mean for. they pay they, they they're playing it's like the, the Northwestern Memorial trophy, like when you, you make it to the Big Ten championship and just get destroyed or the nebraska memorial who is it nebraska lost like 66 to 7 or something no, like that wisconsin lost 59 wisconsin. To nothing that's what it was they've all yeah. got their asses kicked. yeah i think they've everyone's got a story at this they've point Every, yeah yeah like you just i mean like have fun you get to go to beautiful indianapolis in early december like giddy up fellas yeah, I, just, whatever. Nobody cares. None of none of it matters. And I want to know whatever whatever this what's the spread on Ohio State Minnesota in early December. It's going to be like twenty eight and a half points. And if you're not taking Ohio State, you're burning money. Oh, and you know what? That brings up a point I wanted to say to you. You might feel bad and be like, "Wow, Michigan State's like opened as a twenty three and a half point dog to Ohio State. Oh my gosh, they're so bad." Ah. Um, go and literally look at the line of any game that Ohio State, Alabama, or Georgia play. There are not too many programs that are going to open at a closer line than 23 and a half. Mm-hmm. Truly, truly. Go look, go look this week. We'll do it right now with you. I hope I don't look stupid right now. Right. <laughs> Alabama playing Texas A&M, 24-point fave. A&M. They, yep. I mean, you would think preseason top 10. Exactly. Preseason. They're the new uh, like preseason champions every year. Oh, yeah, baby. Georgia. 29 point favorite against Auburn. Another <laughs> program that's nationally known. Right. Yeah. 29. 
Get out of here. Last week, Georgia was a 28-point favorite against Missouri. Yeah. Alabama was a, what was it, against uh, 16 and a half, I think, against Arkansas. Okay, so Arkansas's in a better place. Now we know that. So that's the yeah. stick I'm pointing out, though. I mean, it's, it's perfectly fair. I, I mean, you know, it's it, it depends week to week, but I think it's a fair – it's if nothing else is maybe not as indicative of the teams playing against those great teams, but it, it does show, I think. And those teams cover Georgia, co- Georgia didn't cover Bama covered by a lot. Um, and I'm pretty, <laughs> as we'll discuss, uh, kind of confident Ohio state's going to cover this weekend. Too. <laughs> but, but guess what, Austin, they didn't against Rutgers. It was a 39 and a half. Oh. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, and I don't know if you saw this, but probably not. No one should have. There was a fight. Oh, hell yeah. You know why? Because Ohio State was up 49 to 10 in the fourth quarter, and they ran a fank punt. And to me, everyone was like, oh, bad sportsmanship. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, first of all, grow up. Second of yeah. all, they're playing to cover the spread, homie. You don't <laughs> yeah, think that, like, the. Go. You don't think that the donors and the people that, like, fund that place didn't have a little uh, action on that game at 40 and a half or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I think Ryan day doesn't know how to play to, to oh play the hits. Dude, okay? if there is one coach in America that knows what the spread is on every game he plays, it, it is Ryan day. I am every so coach confident does. saying that. Every no, but coach he does. definitely does. And you know what? Big boy programs, serious programs, they don't play to win. They play to cover. Serious Good teams win, cover. great teams cover. Yeah, serious programs cover. So uh, I had no problem with the Ohio State move. Also had no problem with Rutgers standing up for themselves. Hey, had a little fight in them. Good for you guys. Stop it. I mean, like, stop the punt. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's, it's always my point when people get pissed off about stuff like that. It's like, then stop it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you have an option. You they don't have to convert. You could just stop them. Um. Northwestern and Penn State kept stopping themselves. Penn State oh winning 17 to 7 in a pro- with eight turnovers in this game. Um, you know what, though? To, you know, to Penn State's credit, I think it shows that, you know, signs of a maybe not a serious, like a near serious program, if on your worst day with five turnovers, you still win, you know, by double digits. It shows that you've got top tier talent. That's yeah. what it says to me. It says you've got Jimmy's and Joe's. And that other team does not. I think this Northwestern season. Oh my God. Is really flying under the radar is truly one of the worst, one of the worst of all time. Had they not ever that I've been marginally attentive to, like had they not beaten Nebraska, this season would be lost to Duke, which doesn't look terrible right now, but it's still Duke home (laughs) loss. Yeah. Don't worry. Give it time. Home loss to Southern Illinois, followed by a home loss to Miami, Ohio, followed by a loss in which you were given five turnovers at Penn State. Like, that is special levels of sad. Uh, and they're fighting there with one limited exception. They keep scoring fewer points every week. They went from 31 to 23, jumped up one to 24 against this sturdy Southern Illinois defense. Fell down to 14, and now they're at seven. Uh, we might be on, well, I don't know, it's against Wisconsin, but we might be on shutout watch uh, coming up here pretty soon. 
it's bad, man. And Pat it's really bad. Gerald, we got to have the conversation, but we have other people to have the conversation about mm-hmm. first. Um, we already had the, the conversation's been had about Scott Frost. Already had that one. Um, who um, turned around and beat Indiana by 14, 35 to 21, which like, yeah, but I think the, oh my God moment for me was Nebraska can still win the West. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Yes. Will they? No. <laughs> But they, they absolutely can. Absolutely I can. am ab- I am without question rooting for that to happen. <laughs> You're vindicated. Like, non-ironically, <laughs> absolutely on board with that. I mean, this this division is dude, This division is so <laughs> bad. Like it is so bad. Listen, just, like just I think people aren't registering how bad it is. I need it's, a beer. Oh my god! I'm. I need a few. I'm just gonna read off the names of the teams. The name. North Northwestern. We just talked about maybe maybe the worst Power Five team I've ever watched. This Nebraska team, which somehow lost to that very same Northwestern team. Purdue, who is Purdue? Illinois is honestly the biggest surprise of all of them going in and beating uh, Wisconsin, which we'll talk about. Minnesota, who we've seen is completely unserious. Iowa, who has one of the single worst offenses ever put forward by a college football team. And then Wisconsin, who's 0-2 in that very division. I Tell me that any of those teams are going to keep it within 35 points of Ohio State or Michigan who, or Penn State. Dude, I was going to say, you can go down the list. I mean, I, mean, Maryland, I think Maryland's going to run any of these teams out. Of well, we'll see this. We'll see how bad it can be with that Purdue-Maryland game seriously that is a measuring stick of how bad things are in the big yeah. 10 west to me here's something really quickly nebraska ended a nine game fbs losing streak with this one what they had lost nine straight games against fbs guys, teams see guys it can be so much worse it like, can be so much worse so much worse guys. i mean it's not to say that we're not in a tailspin but no like, you, yeah but you could be you could be that you could be a headline we are in the tailspin in the part of the movie where the guy's like pulling up on the th- and it's not working. And you're yeah. Like, you're like, maybe it'll pull up though. We're there. Yeah. These programs, they are, they have already hit the mountain. It's they are face to face with the mountain. <laughs> They're talking to God, man. So, yeah. and then Michigan um, goes to Iowa, wins 27 to 14. Very ho hum type of game. Iowa. To me, they're sh- they're pushing the boundaries of what I thought ne- nepotism could be and how far it can go. I, I, I mean, and I've seen some stuff. I've this seen- is this is a staring contest between Kirk Ferentz and every resident in the state of Iowa. That's all this is. He's daring you to do something about it. That's it. Because he's not going to do anything about it. So you got to figure out if you're going to do something about it. And you want to foot that bill. Because if you do, then you can get rid of his son. But he's going with him. Where? Who will take That's in that? The, the pasture. It doesn't matter. He's not going anywhere to be. He's not going to coach somewhere else. He's just going to ride off into the, the – just walk into I a cornfield. Never, never emerge ever again. Austin, I never considered that he would literally quit over his son getting fired. That's blowing my mind right now. 
I mean, what are the other outcomes here? Because if it's about qual- if it's about qualifications, then dude, you know it's what this just neg- it's negligence of duty. Do you know what this is like? This is like if this year Michigan State basketball, if Tom just insisted on Steven playing point guard thirty minutes a night. Correct. And and, and then when all- people asked what the problem was, he was like. Going to have to look in, you know, going to have to start asking. Got to look questions. at the tape. Yeah, we got to get yeah. better on our rotations. And it being like, dude, you're actively ruining the season. <laughs> what? Intentionally. Like, we're all watching you do this. Can it's I? Okay, that your kids. Can I say one other thing, though? Yeah. I got to say one thing about I, Spencer Petras is the wildest <laughs> quarterback I've ever watched. Like truly, true for in terms of just the sheer ability to look like, like oh, this guy was a good four-star recruit. Like he can make some throws. To just like ball bounces off an offensive lineman's helmet, and, or like he hits him his his receiver in the numbers in his back or something stupid like that. Like the di- the, the the divergence and the fact that he can be on either end of the spectrum is is fascinating. To he makes Iowa more fascinating to watch than anything else i and we've we've been there we've talked about this like we've seen inept offense this is <laughs> oh my god <laughs> this is different man oh god <laughs> oh man we're about to do a uh, spencer petra's deep dive so this is his third year as a starter oh, i want <laughs> i want i want you to guess <laughs> this is awesome uh what do you think his single season career high is for touchdowns in a year? You say this is his third season. I, ten. Ten. Correct. Ten is ten. <laughs> he, he, he had ten. This team won ten games last year, and he threw for eighteen hundred and eighty yards. On 57% completions and through 10 touchdowns and through how many interceptions do you think he had? I Oh, no. Well, let's go with they didn't try and let him throw it too much. So I'll say like 13. Nine. Okay. You had a nice. Yes. <laughs> he was technically over indexing there. Um, but this, this is unbelievable, dude. Yeah. He has. He has. How many how many touchdowns do you think he has this year? <laughs> Honestly, I've taken the Iowa under every single game and won. So like four? Two. He's two. Good for him. Yes. That two is awesome. Two touchdown passes. Oh man, this is spectacular. I'm so genuinely impressed with the and this dude, and he's just living in Iowa City. Three-year starter. He's going to finish a three-year starting career with less than 30 career touchdown passes. That is, is, I mean, get this guy a bronze bust in in the Big Ten Hall of Fame. Service Academy stuff. So here's my question. Can anyone fill me in on the backup situation? (laughs) I don't know, man. Is that a door you want to open? I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean. Who's worse? Well, that's the thing. You've had three years to find someone better, and you can get a quarterback now, like tomorrow. You can get anyone. <laughs> you can get a washout of any SEC or ACC school. 
Big 12. Pick anywhere. You can at least yeah. try someone else. I mean, you, you think, I mean. We tried Temple. That's where we were. Great point. Great point. Anthony Russo could go there and do what spent. I think, I don't think it's a stretch to say that Rocky Lombardi could be doing a better job there than you know Spencer Pepper. from Iowa, right? That's what I mean. Like, they if should he, have just gotten be, him. He would be their, by far, their best option at quarterback. Yeah. That's, not, God that's not great. Like, that's He'd not be a god if he was. But it's, that's not the point. The point is, he's a better option. Wow. Oh, man. A lot of time on Iowa football there. I, but I'm fascinated. We by saved the best Ten. for last, though. Yeah, I'm fascinated by Big Ten West ba- or football. Because every game is astonishing in a new way. The Purdue-Minnesota yeah. game, astonishing. Nebraska winning in the door at that opened um, Northwestern five turnovers and could put up more than seven points, the Iowa f- disaster. And now Illinois and Burt Bielema <laughs> travel to his former uh, program, Wisconsin, beat the hell out of them at their own game, winning <clears throat> 34 to 10. Wisconsin finished with two yards rushing. And I mean like that, I, d- I honest to God did not think that Wisconsin had it in them. I didn't think they had. I didn't think that they had the guts, the balls to fire Paul Chris, but they did. And that's a serious program move in my book. At least you're trying to be serious. Do you really think so? See, I, I'm not sure. I, I am. They could have Kirk Ferenced it, man. They could have they kept him around and they would have won eight games every year in that bullshit division. Mm-hmm. Like they would have been fine because he's got Jim Leonard. Like I think I think at least it showed they're trying to care. Yeah, yeah. Northwestern, I mean, it, it it is true. I mean, you look back and really at the last, you know, they had a ten win season in 2019, but then were you know four and three in the COVID year and won. I guess they won what? They won ten games last year too, though. No, one, two, remember three, they were so four, they five, one six, and three. Seven, eight, nine. They won nine games last year. But they started so you, one and three in the games uh, against teams that were any good. They got bullied. I agree. I they agree. Got, this is the D'Antonio year thing for them, where they were like against real competition. We got embarrassed. And then, as we found out, Illinois is is the measuring stick for if you need to fire your coach or ask him to move on. It appears as though that is that is the case. MSU um, did it. Oh, Wisconsin's man. doing it. Illinois, man, they're they're a choke job against Indiana away from being five and zero right now. I um, should have won that game. You should have won that game. Yeah, I you know for Wisconsin, it's it's interesting. I I think I tend to agree that they I you know saw that this was a kind of a stale regime i think the in and that you know i know jim leonard was gonna get he was gonna be a head coach after this year kind yeah, of no matter what gone. i mean the irony being that his defense just gave up 34 points to illinois so something to think about but body of yeah work. body of work i i agree but um so i i would imagine that he is probably just the natural candidate to just move up and keep the job and that you know clearing out something stale is probably good i mean you know I, I not, I mean, in a way to tie it back to Michigan State, Miles Tucker going in and taking, say, Khalif from Wisconsin, that I think was, was, I really, it, it ended Paul Chris' tenure. 
because it, one it of the really things did. they, well, it did because one of the things they pointed out was that he didn't give enough time or effort to recruiting. And some of the things you heard through Khalif's interviews and whatnot is that he did it all. He was the one who ran the show there. And we've seen that he's doing a lot of that at MSU and it's paying dividends. And when you look at the guys that are at, you know, that he got to Wisconsin, it's a lot of their best recruits of all time. So it's not, you know, it's not a stretch to say that that was kind of like the signal to people around the program that were paying attention, like, hey, you know, this is this is fading fast. And we've seen it. Like I said, they haven't had a year where they've been true real contenders. In, you know, it's 2022. Last time was 2019. That's crazy. But it's like that's three full seasons ago. That's not, you know, and, and you've been getting worse and worse classes every year. And I know this year's class for them is not off to a good start. And terrible. Um, I'll give them, I will give the administration their credit to your point to step up and say like enough, enough's enough to do it now where you're not going to leave Jim Leonard hanging in limbo or even let him probably interview anywhere else. And on top of all that, you're paying $11 million to buy out Paul Chris. That's, that's yeah, big that's, boy program money to get away move. from a coach, man. But I mean, it's a serious move. Dude, mm-hmm. It's, it's smart. In that, if you have the money, you need to do it. Like they did. They and have the money. Jim Leonard's going to be a head coach, but somewhere else, unless you let him do it now. Yep. And and if he sucks, then now you know that, <laughs> and now you can go on a real, you know, tour and maybe hire someone really good because you're still Wisconsin. So that okay. One one thing to say is that, I guess it's like a two-part thing. Quote-unquote being Wisconsin is like, it can go one of two ways. Mm -hmm. Either it can continue to be Wisconsin because you're in the Big Ten West and there's no place in America more gettable than the division you're in in your own conference. Like, they should be the team making the Big Ten championship every single year out of that division they should be. they should be embarrassed every time it's not them like this year and that's why this is going to be the right. they've only been there once in the last four years this would have been one out of five it's a failure so yeah holding themselves to that account but but if jim leonard's not the guy being yeah. wisconsin doesn't mean anything being wisconsin means being nebraska like it doesn't mean yeah. anything it, it like it can go for a it's the same thing with michigan state in the same boat if you're a regional power for example, perfect example. If Michigan State had gotten this last hire wrong, yep, it's a, it's you f- you fade into the background. You become irrelevant. It's yep. it's that that's what it is. Unless you are one of, that's the thing that people hate to hear. But if you are not one of college football's elite, one of the top 10, 12 brands, and you you can get to that tier, but to stay in that tier, it's not just a given. Some teams, it's a given. Whether we like it or not, Michigan's going to be that level of relevant whether we like it or not, it's just inevitable. Now, do they deserve to be considered a national t- title contender every year? No, obviously not. We've seen them be terrible for long stretches, but as soon as they turn it back on, they're right back up there in that quote unquote royalty club. I don't think Michigan state and Wisconsin are not teams that are going to get that same benefit of the doubt, whether again, whether we like it or not, it's just not the case today. Same with Clemson, to be honest, if Dabo left and they went in the shitter, they would just be a team that had a really good run. That's yep. just how it works. So Wisconsin's really got to get this right. And there's a lot of good coaches whose names you see floating around. Um, I'll be interested to see what kind of search they even really do or if they just kind of make it Jim Leonard. 
But if they do a search, I will say, I'm interested to hear what you think of other names. I personally, I've gone to bathroom so Wait, many times on this show. We're going to name game? We're going to name game. Oh, hell yeah. I will tell you <laughs> the name of a person I call first, second, and third is Dave Aranda from Baylor. I am. No. No. You have. Why not? He is so Wisconsin, it's painful. He's getting great classes down there. He is a former Wisconsin defensive coordinator. He okay. knows what it's like. I'm listening. He's he he's put together great teams at Baylor. He knows what it takes like yeah. to be a Big Ten coach. He's recruited the area. He can recruit Texas now. He fits that type of and he's also a very boring person. Like he fits that yeah. Big Ten Badger okay. mold. I know there's other names. I know there's other names. And I want to hear if you name the one and I'm gonna immediately object to it. Okay. Well, first, I will note that Wisconsin did I don't want to call it survive, but they they hired Gary Anderson and it didn't work out. You know what? Fair. I actually forgot about that. And and it's not to say, but they it's because they stacked two in a row in Barry Alvarez and then Brett Bielema. You stack mm-hmm. two, you can have a you can have a miss. You only have one. It was a short term miss. That was only like two years, wasn't it? Well, they made a, they correctly you know rounded that off. Got ahead of it. Got ahead of Paul Chris. They had a decent run, wasn't working out. Got ahead of it. Didn't let this turn into something that it, you know, didn't have to be. But getting back to the names, um, in the name on everyone's list right now, I don't even. You have to take it if you are. It's it's Lance Leopold. No. But, but if you're taking from Kansas football, like you are, no, man. Let's. Take off the blinders, people. It's fun that Kansas football is good. He does have a great resume, including a long stretch at Wisconsin Whitewater, where he did fantastic work. Mm-hmm. But this man is 58 years old, and he's coming in. You're, everyone's jumping for joy because he's won five games at Kansas. It's impossible, dude. <laughs> I, I don't disagree, and I'm not trying to belittle the accomplishment. It is extremely impressive <laughs> but i'm not hiring i if yeah, i'm you're firing right. paul chris if i've got a my choices are a 39 year old former safety longtime staff member wisconsin alum yeah. or a 58 year old dude who won five games at kansas who we don't even know if he can recruit quite honestly you don't yeah. you don't know that whereas yeah. i think leonard you have, know you have some juice there at least um it's it's either Leonard or it has to, or you have to call it right. Anybody who hires Lance Leopold, like there, there, there are certain schools. I think it's a good idea. Wisconsin. Yeah. Certain schools. It's a great idea. If you're a power five, you know, doormat that has a little money. Yeah. It's, it's the right move. Like if Illinois sucked, I'd be like, you guys should get Lance Leopold. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like get yourself, you know, jump started. Obviously they figured that out with Bert, but getting back to, uh, our, our Wisconsin name, I think one that keeps floating, but maybe further down the list of the really big seats, but still maybe culturally might work is you can take Matt Campbell if you want. Like you, if you, you can afford him, you can outpay Iowa state. Like, can he get talent? He doesn't at Iowa state and he made them relevant, relevant, meaning they don't, they aren't a doormat like Kansas was. They were for a long time. 
he can't get him uh, over the edge, but people are keep. I don't know if you can hold that against someone at Iowa State. No, but I don't. I can't believe he still has juice though. Like he isn't. I, I get that it's Iowa State, and he deserves a lot of credit for the work that he's done. But I don't know why anybody thinks he's going to come in. Is there a bowl like, team? Because because he can make bowl game. He he. That's Iowa State's got nothing, man. Like they're the afterthought in Iowa, and no one lives in Iowa. Like well, it's so that's hard. true. It's they so did. Hard. Did just lose fourteen to eleven to Kansas. I'm just yeah, dude, I mean, okay, to be fair, it's Kansas is Saint your uh, powerhouse. Kansas. This is New Kansas, okay? New Kansas <laughs> is real, and um, dude, I can't believe. Good for them, and they have game day this week. That's dope. Yeah, let's talk about the let's talk about the games coming up. Okay, so we're done with the name game. It was fun, but we got to keep. Yeah. I'd say Aranda, but I think logically it's going to be Jim Leonard. I, I would be surprised if it's anybody but. Yeah, they're just going to keep him. Okay, so we talked about game day. Uh, TCU visits Kansas. Um, okay, there are actual playoff implications in, at play. Those teams are undefeated. There aren't TCU is undefeated. TCU just beat the brakes off of Oklahoma. We didn't talk about that. There are beat 14, them 50, 55 to oh, 24. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to talk about that. You're right. Yeah. Dude, that was at Oklahoma. Like that it, was it, that was real. It, it's it's bad, big bad news. Was it at Oklahoma? I think it might have been. It, 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 either way, does not matter at all. Uh but that's dude, good for TCU. Four and oh. That's a big win. Oklahoma looking like a big time down year. But TCU's got back to back wins now against SMU and Oklahoma. And you know, now they go to take okay. on the magic of Kansas. How how annoyed are you if you're a TCU fan? You're a, kind of a joke program too, and then all of a sudden the entire nation is rooting against you when you're undefeated. <laughs> well, come on. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like, <laughs> guys, come on, wait. We're nice. We're cool. You guys, We're you cool. guys usually like us. Remember Ladanian Tomlinson? Come on. Yeah. Uh, now that's a bummer, but yeah. yeah totally. Tennessee heads uh, to LSU. Uh, two and a half point favorite. I I feel like this is a good game for LSU to remind everyone. You know, maybe they're not back, but they're not dead. This is well. I think they did a good job of surviving against Auburn this past weekend. Um, no one should have to survive against Auburn. You're not wrong. I think this game says way more about Tennessee than it's going to say about LSU because this is a game that Tennessee always loses. You know what I mean? Like they no, finally got the chance to be good and they choke yeah, it away. Choke um, so this feels like a game they'll lose, but I, I don't know if LSU is any good. Yeah, but, but it's but it's Tennessee. I don't know how LSU. Every time they have an ele- like a 11 a.m. kick, it feels like wrong. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. So that's what Tennessee is going for him though. <clears throat> Auburn heads to Georgia, 29 and a half point dog. This game, this could be the end of the Brian Harson era. I think they've been waiting on that one for a while, though. Yeah, I think they know this. Uh, this is going to get ugly. I I won't be surprised at all if Georgia covers, uh, especially because they're probably going to be very upset about how they played. Honestly, the last two weeks they only yeah. beat Kent State thirty nine twenty two, and now Missouri turning twenty six twenty two. I'll be surprised if Oregon or excuse me Auburn scores twenty two points. Um, and you, I really feel bad for is Vandy after Auburn, because that, that might be really, that's who Georgia plays next week. I think that could get pretty, pretty bad, pretty fast. 
not cool. Utah at UCLA. It's a big game. All of a sudden, the Pac-12, we kind of, everyone wrote them off. And all of a sudden, you know, UCLA, kind of fun. Utah, that one loss at Florida, <clears throat> not terrible, but it, it'll survive the resume, I think, if you keep winning. I mean, the state of California and maybe Utah and maybe Oregon, I suppose. I, I guess this is probably the most positive we've seen Big 12 uh, playoff discourse this late into the season, five weeks, in uh, quite some time. I mean, USC a legit top eight team. Utah goes in and beats an undefeated UCLA team. That would be very Pac-12 of this, by the way, would be for Utah to go in and win and cannibalize the conference. If they're, if, if you know, you know that the Pac-12 brass is absolutely rooting for UCLA to win this game and keep those undefeated oh, at the top okay. and get an undefeated, you know, South Southern California showdown on the books. Are you sure? Because they're kind of big mad at them for, you know, it's kind of like your, your, hot, your hot wife's leaving you, you know. And, yeah, I know. Listen, that's a fair point, but it's also like I'm going to squeeze every last bit yeah, I can get out of this and, and <laughs> at least try to keep my conference together. <laughs> I'm gonna take take that gold digger for everything she has. Oh baby. So um, and then the last one, man, I feel like we've been on Jimbo watch for like four weeks. A and M at Alabama. Nick Saban, um, has got to be licking his chops because oh, he's had this one circled for a year, and they beat him last year. And A and M, you know, two losses. Um, Jimbo could be in a little trouble here. He's not going to take it off the gas. This is going to be, I think the Jimbo Fisher experiment is is reaching a very interesting phase because he's crushing the off seasons and it's not translating into wins on the field. And it's not because of a lack of talent. Like all the quarterbacks he has are formerly very big recruits. The team is loaded with talent top to bottom. All of what you need. You have all the resources. Without quite all the resources, um, but you're still probably going to get outclassed at home by Alabama. I think the interesting thing is whether it's Milrow or Bryce Young uh, that that does this. We're either going to watch Bryce Young, you know, come back and do his thing, or you'll watch the next Alabama quarterback king get crowned in in Milrow. Um, either way, it'll be fun. <laughs> I'd awesome. expect Alabama is going to handle business, but hopefully A&M can make it fun. I mean, they have the they have the dogs, you know. They have the athletes, like they absolutely they can they can <clears throat> hang. It's just Jimbo. Can, you said they really recruit. It looks like um, it'll be a fun one to watch. Okay, quickly, undefeated teams tiers. We all of a sudden you look, and there are only fourteen. I think Power Five teams still undefeated, sixteen overall. And wow. I think we decided <laughs> it got down there quickly. Um, Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State we still believe are in the probably good category, you know, Mm -hmm. up and down a little bit between good and could be good. And if you're a new listener, there are only three good teams, maybe a year, maybe, maybe. And then you have this college football playoff contenders and you can certainly make the playoff and not be good. Our favorite team did. Washington (laughs) did. Um, Plenty of teams have Michigan did last year. I mean, it happens a lot. Cincinnati did it for, for last year. Like happens all every year, actually. I think Oklahoma's done it. Oklahoma's do, often done it several um, times. 
So, I mean, and there's no shame. It's not like making fun. It's just, no, you made it. Print the banner. Yeah, dude. Wear the shirt. That's cool. But you're not going to win. I think those this year, and you can tell me if they're a contender or a pretender. How about we'll play that really quickly? Right. Um, USC. Are they a contender or a pretender? I, I want to say contender, but I'm going to say pretender because I they feel like they've got that Pac-12 flirting oh, with disaster mode going. You also have to remember their head coach never got over the hump of being a pretender. At Very all. true. So good call. They've got all the skill position. I just don't know if they've got the hog mollies to, to contend. Yeah, probably fair. All right. How about Ole Miss? Wayne Kiffin. Ole Miss. I am yeah, say pretender as well. Um, well, I, I, I'll say this. I think USC is a legitimate contender to make the playoff. Like, mm-hmm. I think they could easily get the fourth seed. I do not. So if that's how we're thinking about it, yeah, USC is a contender. Yeah. Ole Miss, uh, no. I, they're in the SEC. It's just going to – the wheels will come off at some point. So are you feeling similarly about Tennessee? Yes. I'd be insane if I – yeah, either I'd be insane or I'd be a Tennessee fan if I said Tennessee was an actual contender. They, if they can go and win this weekend – uh, they creep up a little bit for me, but no, until this is, that's the ultimate believe it when I see it program. Yeah. All right. This one, I think we were both on the same page that Clemson is rounding into that four seed form. They've got to be the favorite for it right now. I mean, just because they're in the ACC, like they're, you know, I think that offense is coming together. They've got an incredible front seven on defense. Yeah. Right now, I think they, they've got to be the, the pick for the, the four seed. All right. And then Oklahoma State. I'm going to say they're a contender only because, again, conference. They're in the Big 12, and I think the Big 12 is obviously very bad. Now, their biggest competition is, aside from themselves, is that they could easily – like they're rooting really hard against the other contenders because if those other contenders are undefeated, they're going to outrank Oklahoma State, either based on just like conference – you know, uh, team caliber, you know, whatever, call it prestige – or conference prestige because they're in the worst conference. Well, I'm going to disagree with you in that their biggest oh. their their b- biggest competition is Kansas. <laughs> fair. This is uh, fair. <laughs> okay, I'll keep you moving. Michigan. Legitimate contender. As much as I, you know, pains us all to say it and hear it, you're naive if you're thinking that they don't have a legit shot because no, listen, they still got to be Penn State. But yeah, I would be surprised if this season doesn't come down for them to a game at the horseshoe. And they, you know, they did it last year. I don't think Ohio State will allow that to happen again. But the fact of the matter is it'll probably come down to one game and they could win. They showed they did it last year. Um, they, they could do it again. They're uh, very much a legitimate contender to make it. I will only say that they're also a contender to drop a game. And I, the only other reason, like, but, but ultimately, even if they lose a game, if they beat Ohio state and they win the big 10, they're going to, they're going to make it. So honestly, their, their whole season really kind of boils down to that last game in a way. So you're kind of looking past. Penn State. I'm hearing pretender for the Nittany Lions. I mean, yeah, I'm, yes, I'm feeling pretender for the Nittany Lions. I don't. I'm, I'm, Sean Clifford's the quarterback. Next. <laughs> oh, okay. What, what if Drew Aller was the quarterback? 
then I think they're the number one seed. There we go. Drew Aller's going to be so good. I It's really Dude, upsetting. It's a bummer. I'm so far on board, but yeah. I, I love the fact that you and I are both so far past Drew Aller, like, crushing the next four years and we're just like dude the lions with him are gonna be <laughs> i can't <laughs> wait for him to be in the nfl <laughs> already mock drafting like 20 oh man right now. <laughs> way out of you all right so there's some other undefeated teams and in you know if you're at this point in the season you're still with us because you're a sicko and we love you um here are the teams to be rooting for the rest of the year um syracuse and our boy sean tucker yes. running back are undefeated austin you know this yeah right? They're five still 5-0, and oh, baby. Like, and I'm not saying they have a shot at the playoff, but I am saying they have a better shot than a lot of teams right now. They're in the ACC. Anything's so I possible. I wasn't kidding when I said TCU Kansas actually has playoff implications because they're two of the 14 remaining Power 5 undefeateds. That's like, awesome. It matters. It's awesome. It does. It, gen- it genuinely matters. And, I guess I'm just going to go all in on hoping Kansas wins. And I, I no, you know what? I kind of hate that because I hate their <laughs> basketball program enough okay. that I don't think they should have another nice thing. It's like, oh, dude, okay. like, I, what, like I everyone's like, oh, this is fun. It's like, no, no they already have not. that. We don't need to give them something else. Bill Self also about to get uh, suspended for like two games. I made up no. for, but yeah, for, 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 <laughs> for breaking dozens of NCAA rules. Two games, you're out of here, Bill. The best thing ever. I'd be like, no, you know, cancel me for the season. I just want to do nothing. I I'm chilling. Like, I want to be so rich on paid leave. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. He's like, oh, I can't coach basketball anymore? Uh, darn. Can you make sure I can't come to the gym at all so I can go yeah. up for the four months? <laughs> what time is this on uh, Ibiza time? <laughs> All right. And oh, our friends, Chip Kelly and UCLA, they're undefeated. That's fun. Why not? Sure. I mean, again, it'd be fun to have a UCLA USC undefeated matchup. That'd be great. Good for college football. Good for the Big Ten. I was going to say good for the footprint. All right. And then the group of five teams still undefeated. Let's get weird. Coastal Mm -hmm. Carolina, you know. Love it. What a glow up, by the way. Seriously. This, (laughs) I mean, a program that yeah, I mean, they're going to put they themselves existed. in a position of they're going to make the playoff once it expands. Like, they'll I be one of the so. first rando teams to make it, for sure. Wait, did their head coach get already get plucked, or did that? I don't know. Yeah, see, if they lose... Clearly, it doesn't matter. He might be the juice, though, That's what I mean. Could be, but they're all teal, so they do yeah. have that. And then James Madison, also undefeated. You know, this is their first year as an FBS team. Pretty good debut. I love it. Pretty good debut. Good job, um, founding fathers. Yeah. Hey, America. Coming up quickly around the Big Ten, uh, Nebraska at Rutgers. We weren't kidding when we said that Nebraska could win the West. Yeah, they're, they're favored win. in this game. They're favored. They should win. They Friday win. night. Friday, Friday night. night in Piscataway. I forgot. It was. I mean. It's better this way. This is, you know what, this is good on all the scheduling gods. This is exactly the type of game that should be played mm-hmm. on a Friday night in early October. No one else would have watched otherwise. Let's go Huskers. We all talked, the way in. We talked chaos um, teams, Purdue at Maryland. This is how you'll know how bad the Big Ten West is. Yeah. When Maryland 
Nine win Maryland, by the way, is going to happen. Yeah, forget nine win Indiana. It's it's nine win Maryland. This is this is you're going to see some super wild shit in this game. I'm not sure what'll happen, but there's going to be something like one another butt punt or like a <laughs> like a rugby lateral play down the field, a safety from like 35 yards out. Like something stupid is go, is going to happen in this yeah, game. Yeah, click away at you know your own demise because you're going to miss it if you do. Yep. Michigan at Indiana, 21 and a half point favorite. Austin, say it. Say what you want to say. Say Indiana is going to win this one straight up. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but I listen. Leo, okay. <laughs> let's let's Leo. go. Hashtag, Hashtag Leo. I don't know. The, the only thing I'll say is Indiana is going to come out juiced up for this one, and. You'll see what Michigan's kind of made up here. I mean, I you know at the same point in time, like Michigan is just such a just such a better team. And what they do against bad teams is they just put them in a headlock and wrestle them to the ground. Now, the last two weeks, I again, I I haven't exactly been blown away by them against Maryland and at Iowa. Okay, I'm not like again. I think they're in a great position if they can make it to the end of the season to you know do some damage, but. Indiana stinks, but mm-hmm. they're very bad. They've got to go on the road. You know oh, they're not no. getting. You know they're not getting up for this game. Michigan is looking 11 a.m. kick. A sleepy 11 a.m. kick in Bloomington. Like they're not excited about this game. They don't care. They look ahead and they see Penn State, and Michigan State as the next two games on their schedule. And I'm just saying it's not impossible. Is it extremely unlikely? Yes. There's a reason it's like plus 880. But time out, time you know, out. Michigan never loses games where they're 23 and a half point. Favorite. No, it's very true. It's never oh, happened. Wait a minute. Now uh, wait. Oh boy. All right. And then Wisconsin, 10 point favorite without a coach or new head coach at Northwestern. That's just what the doctor ordered is an at Northwestern home game. Um, it's exactly what you, if you were a, Interim head coach is exactly what you'd want, right? That is how bad the season's going for Northwestern. <laughs> Wisconsin is a ten-point favorite the, the week at the week after they lost by twenty-four at home to Illinois and at fired home. their head coach at, at home. home. They are a road ten-point favorite. Hell yeah! So <laughs> Northwestern bad. football, baby, feel feel it. Big Chicago's Big Ten team. You see, they're building like an eight hundred million dollar new stadium. In I mean, they have so much money. Like, what else are they supposed to do? Invest like, in like curing cancer. You guys suck nil at deals. No, you guys <laughs> suck at football. Focus on things that society also cares about. Like, yeah, disease. no, that's a good point. Like, mm-hmm. focus your energy on the things you could be good at because you're bad. Where at were you during COVID, Northwestern? Your, so si- your silence is deafening. <laughs> you were focused on the wrong things. And then, it's not about recruiting, boys. <laughs> Iowa heads to Illinois. Illinois is a three and a half point favorite, and that's not okay because <laughs> it's just not because Iowa is so bad. And these teams have combined to give up ninety-two points in ten games. That's pretty incredible. So I have to ask, what do you think the over/under is? Oof. Um, I don't know, like forty-one. 35 and a half. Oh my goodness. That is terrible. 
I might go get it because Iowa unders are four and zero on the season. And Iowa's defense is good, and so is Illinois. Yeah, this is like again, if you want some. This is the antithesis of weird Big Ten from Purdue, Maryland. If you want the exact opposite experience, you'll watch Iowa, Illinois. Yeah, so like a Purdue at Maryland would be considered an upper, and an Iowa and (laughs) Illinois would be a downer. Yeah, (laughs) yes. As drug terms go. Yeah, these are very different nights for you, depending on which which, uh, red or blue pill you decide to take, which rabbit hole you go down. This is actually perfect, because what you want to do hit that upper at 11 a.m., which you can at Purdue at Maryland, and then the downer is at 6:30 while your sun's setting. So. Yeah, you're you think you're you're you got your Purdue Maryland sativa and your Iowa <laughs> Illinois indica. Perfect. Um, this one talking I, drugs, folks. I, this one, um, if you were to describe uh, Ohio State at Michigan State, the drug of choice might be just. Um, Clorox. Or, yeah, el- <laughs> straight alcohol. Um, <laughs> Grain alcohol. Yeah. Make you go uh, blind vodka. Here, here's, here's what the only thing I'll say about this game is I'm very glad that I'm not going to be in attendance for this one after what I mm-hmm. witnessed with my own eyes last year against an 11 win team. That was cool. Yeah, you know, I have a take on this one. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be closer. Than what? 49. Wow. That's very brave of you. (laughs) Well, timeout. Is that, is it? No, (laughs) I don't think it is. They're going to throw for as many as they feel like. Like, Well, well, the thing is, no, see, I almost think it is brave because they scored 42 of those 49 points in the first half and then just stopped. And I don't know if that's 49, 49, 49. (laughs) I was out of there. Uh, oh, yeah, dude. You think I want to? I'm not watching the rest of that in person. I don't care how much I paid for my ticket. That I would have been the hardest thing ever if you just sat there the entire game. No. It's like, drink it in. I knew I was going to have to get on these very airwaves and talk about it. I'm like, that's punishment enough. So I slammed the three air, airplane fireball things I shoved in my socks and bailed. <laughs> <laughs> that is a God's honest truth. When MSU uh, lost to Bama 38 to nothing, I was with one of my buddies, Will, and I was like, dude, we don't have to finish this out. And he's like, no, man, we do. And I was like, okay. And he ordered, he like, like garsoned like a <laughs> usher and asked if he could bring us nachos. And he, <laughs> and he did. Because <laughs> it was just so bad. Oh, man. Garçon. Yeah, sir, I've paid $300 to get my ass kicked. I'd like some nachos, please. On the house. Yeah. Coming right up. On the house. And you know what? They're like, you know what? This kid earned it. This guy. Yeah. He's had a tough one. He deserves a little melted cheese. Look at him. Yeah. Uh, This is going to be really bad, man. (laughs) It's going to be really bad. Like, I don't you know. know I, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it for people. Like, this is going to be a bloodbath. I don't think it will. I'm dead serious. Here's why. Because, okay, define bloodbath. Like, but that was exactly what I was going to ask you to do. Because, because I don't think a 24 point, maybe that is a net bloodbath. I don't know. No, I would say over I watched is a, a bloodbath. I'm saying I watched 50, 67. That's a bloodbath. That's what I mean. 
Like, I don't yeah. think it's going to be 56 to 7. That was. But why? What makes you, what in the world makes you think that that's not the case? I, I just, I, I don't think that this Michigan State team at two and three is 56 to seven bad. And I, just as much as I don't think that that 11 and two team is 56 to seven bad. I think that was a bad day uh, for a lot of different reasons. A lot Fair of, to say. A lot of different reasons that was a bad day. Depth being a huge part of it. Just like this year's can depth's going to be a problem. I get that. I, I don't. I don't think uh, Ohio State's going to struggle to score. But at the same time, I also don't know like how how motivated is Ohio State. You know, like you're on cruise control a little, and yeah, cruise control can still mean a forty point win. It's just I also don't think like. Michigan State talent-wise, I still honestly believe they're more talented than they were last year on a roster standpoint. I know they're guys that yeah. are – then it's equal. So if it's equal to last year, and that was the worst day you could have ever imagined, I don't think it'll be nine points bad. I think it'll be like 20 to 30. I think it's Yeah, that's bad. still horrible. Let's yeah, be very clear here. Of course, but then, like I keep saying, like, then look around at every other program these guys are playing. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. I, I guess I'm just trying to say, like, this is we're going to lose by a minimum, in my estimation, of four scores. If Michigan State keeps this under 20 points, it is an objective win because it either means you scored a ton or you held them way below their, yeah, their, yeah, but. I just, I'm just not sure. Just like what I've seen in the last few weeks gives me no confidence. The only thing that I can count on is the, is the, the only way that I can see MSU keeping this close is because of intangible stuff. Like you're at home, you might have a fired up crowd. You've been playing like shit. So hopefully you got guys that are like ready to, you know what I mean? Like maybe you're a little more motivated. You know, you're not being taken seriously, yada, 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 all the old underdog tropes. That's what you kind of have to hope for, because, again, Jimmy's and Joe's, you're getting dusted and there's nothing to be ashamed of, to your point. Like you so so are every other team in the country, with the exception of like, again, Georgia and Alabama. They're just those three teams are just a cut of talent above everybody else. And so there's nothing wrong with that. But that's just the reality that you have to face. So you're not only going against a more talented team, you're going against a more talented team with a quarterback who's thrown 18 touchdowns in five games. Like it, and that includes a terrible game against Notre Dame. Like you're going against a, a guy that they just had a, a running back run for five touchdowns in his last game and like 200 yards. Like this is a complete offensive team. And then defensively, they've got all the talent you could need. I don't think their defense is anything to write home about, which is why at this point I would probably say that's, MSU's biggest hope, you know what I mean, to like keeping this close is that I don't I don't know that Ohio State's defense is is all world, but I don't think it needs to be, and especially in this game. So I, I guess if I'm in a Michigan State fan and I'm looking at this and I'm like, well, how do I find like salvage some type of like like what's a win if not a win? I think you want to see fight, and I think you want to see like. Quite honestly, I want to see Peyton Thorne. Peyton Thorne is who I'm looking at. Like, I want to see Peyton Thorne 
show up and have a decent game. Because at this point, I I don't know what to think of him. Because coming into this year, you wanted to be sold on him. You've seen good things. You've also seen a lot of meh. And right now, he's shaping up like a very meh quarterback. He's got eight touchdowns and six picks on the year. He's completing 65% of his passes. That's great. That's a step forward for sure. You know, but I, he's not coming through in the big moments when you need him. He, I mean, he, he complete and total no-show against Minnesota. You can't have those things on the resume. And he's missing. He's still missing makeable throws. I want to see Peyton Thorne show up and put it on the line and go out there and have a good game. Whether it's enough, probably almost definitely won't be. But that's that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. And I want to see the defense show some show some pride. Like, I will say last week they tried a lot more. They didn't just sit back and give up 10 yards on every play, but they still got picked apart. If you expect it to be anything but that, honestly, you're you're nuts. If I, if anything, I would tell them to go back to giving up eight yards of, of play in this game. Just yeah, try to keep the lid on the defense more than anything else. So, you know, it, you know, you got to pick your point in here. You're going to give up points in Ohio State, but I would just try to keep things in front of you. But if I'm looking for one thing, it is heart, it is competition, and it is Peyton Thorne showing up. Otherwise, and I don't want to be, you know hyperbolic here i don't want to get too far ahead of us but you have to ask yourself at two and four with a quarterback who's not really performing realistically like when do you consider giving somebody else a love i and again i'm not trying to run pain thorn out of town or anything like that but you have to look yourself in the mirror and you have to say is this the guy that's going to win us these games you do that after you can't make after, after, if, I think you only do that if you lose to, if you lose your next two games. I think you have to make a switch, or you have to really think about it going into Michigan. Yeah, I mean that's what I mean. You have a bye week. You have six losses at that point. If the scenario you just described. Got to think about it. Got to think. That's about the it. that's the barrel we're staring down right now, John. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, like, I here's why I'm not so up about it. One, um, I'm in a good mood. Two, <laughs> like you have the guy, or seemingly this the guy that the staff really, really wanted on the on the roster, and this was never the year. You and I talked about it. It's like, yep, is, is you're this, right. Is this an eight win year? Oh, probably not anymore. Is it a four win year? I don't know. It was never. Hope not. It was it was, but it was never the year anyway. Did you lose a year plus, I don't know how long in the rebuild, potentially? Oh, no. Now you're at the same level of a rebuild schedule as everyone in the history of rebuilding. You know, like, <laughs> I'm just not too worked up about it because obviously it's not fun, but the guy is on the roster that you've circled and said, like, this is the guy that needs to be really. You really hope so. Yeah. You hope so. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I'm on him. sorry, but that okay. Then I'm just saying. I, I I get it. I agree. And yes, I I again, I'm not gonna pretty much no matter what happens this season, unless they lose out, which you know, pray to God that doesn't happen. Like I don't know that this necessarily de- derails my you know excitement for the future of what this program could be. But I need to see. I need to see fight. I need to see this. Like we talk about program wins. We haven't had a program win this season. 
You want to see program wins. Yeah. We had several of them last year. You got to, you got to, you got to do something. So this weekend, you have to go out there and do everything you can to to have a respectable showing. And then you have to come and you have to beat Wisconsin. That is a, if you're sitting at two and four with a home game before a bye week, you have, you have to win that game. So as much as I want, you know, this Ohio State will be fun. If you win somehow, like, my God, what a turnaround. But um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, this week might be a little bleak. And then it gets to be very much like we got to figure this out territory. 1998, Mel Tucker on the coaching staff, 27 and a half points beat Ohio State. I think it's a perfect thing to end with, John. Beautiful. Me. All right, guys. As always, thanks for sticking with us. For John, this has been Austin. We'll catch you next week. Yep.